Welcome to What's Happening in 40K. Your daily dose of all things Warhammer 40,000. Each day, Monday through Friday, we explore the Warhammer 40,000 tournament scene. And bring you the latest news, updates, and opinions. So, whether you're a seasoned veteran or a newcomer to the hobby, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us as we delve into the world of 40K. Here's your host, Mufasa. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode. Today we are joined by Nathan Whitbread, who is notoriously not a Tyranny player. But today that's what we'll be talking about. <laughs> Nathan placed 28th in the world last year, 7th in the UK, and went undefeated at our Birmingham, Leeds, and the LGT Super Majors, making a top cup before getting knocked out in the finals. Nathan is an experienced player who's gone through very hard high highs in terms of those performances and then the low lows of Tyranids being nerfed into the dust. So today <laughs> we are going to be chatting to him about his experience last season in the UKTC. Nathan, welcome to the show. Hi Zach, thank you for having me. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure and you know one of the things that I do want to talk to you about is your experience at Nottingham, so we'll kick it off there. You famously were on top table for round four <laughs> and anyone that was uh, at Nottingham noticed that table one was empty first thing in the morning and uh, everyone was asked where's Nathan where's Nathan you know he's doing really well who's who's this guy that's gone undefeated and then has dropped out and you struggled into the hall about half an hour late with the worst hangover I've ever seen I think you were still drunk during round four and then hung out too hung over to play in round five I think and then I think you won round four and then dropped out is that is that what happened no 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 I am um, I I lost round four um I'm very sorry I can't remember my opponent's name but it was uh, a gentleman pl- playing um, Dark Eldar back when uh, Thick City was a thing, and um, he he pummeled me into the ground. And I believe I had the tactical acumen of a potato in that game. I was that hungover. Um, uh, little shout out to my friend Dale. I still blame you for that night. It was a great night, but it's all your fault. Um, but yes, uh, I uh, I had a messy one, and that's uh, not normally like me uh, on a Saturday night event, if I'm honest. But um, yeah, it was it was a fantastic event. I couldn't believe I was like uh, undefeated day one. I was I was ranked first in the entire event. You know, I was buzzing. Uh, and then uh, I woke up at I think it was five past nine in the morning to uh, my friend Dale banging on my hotel room door trying to get me to wake up because uh, my phone had died and I was just I I was a mess. <laughs> well that, that kicked off a run of, of a lot of success so maybe anyone that's an aspiring 40k player should start their season off with a big night out at rock city or somewhere oh, um yes. but but like i said you know you did make the finals of birmingham leeds and obviously the season culmination culminated at the lgt and you, you made it through to the top cut there so we're going to start off by talking a little bit about how you became a Nids player. So you mentioned to me that you were famous for being a meta chaser. So how did you end up going from being a famous meta chaser to being a Nids player for the whole of the ninth edition? Or the um, season, at least. So, yeah. Um, in, in my in my local group, my local area, I'm infamous for being a meta chaser. Faction hop into the, the new latest, what strongest faction. Um, but then Crusher Stampede came out, and I've always liked the idea of Monster Mash Nids, but let's face it, it was always terrible until Crusher came out. And then all of a sudden it could compete and it was brilliant. So I just thought, you know what, so that I'm going to get myself a Nid army. I'm going to play Crusher. This looks awesome. This will be my next best thing. Um, I started playing it, enjoying it. And then I thought, 
I was going to try and tra- challenge myself a little bit, stretch myself a bit, um, and maybe try and stick to one faction for an entire season. That's not something I'd ever done before. So I thought I'd give it a go. Kept going with Crusher. Next thing you know, the Nid Codex drops, and well, yeah, <laughs> that was like dropping a nuke into the meta. It was ridiculously busted and overpowered from the get-go, and it took GW multiple nerfs to get it where it is now, and the final nerf, they finally just put it in the ground because they got fed up with these little touches not really doing enough. But yeah, it was it was more of a more of a, a personal challenge. Um, I'd like to say that I stuck to it purely because I wanted to, but the fact that nids were busted probably really helped me stick to a single faction all season, if I'm entirely honest with myself. Um, and I'm sure every player in my local group would say the same. Um, but yeah, um, I just I just went for it. Um, and I, I, I had the best season that I have ever had playing competitively in 40k. Um, <laughs> no small part to the fact that Tyranids were that good at the time. Um mm. Well, one thing that that you know you shouldn't take away from yourself is the fact that many top players were playing Tyranids at the time, and you were consistently performing with them. So, you know, the fact that a codex may be busted doesn't take away from the fact that you clearly were a great general at the tabletop. But the thing I want to pick up on there is you mentioned it as a personal challenge. You spoke about the fact that you were challenging yourself to play one faction, and I think this is a really important point that you know some people in previous episodes, like David and Manny and They've sort of tangentially mentioned this, but haven't been explicit, which is like 40K can be so many things, and competitive 40K is primarily about brackets competing. But competing doesn't have to be about placing first or second. It can be about winning your next game. It can be about getting into Beyond Battle Ready, like Jay spoke about in yesterday's episode. It could be about many things. So your personal challenge last season was to stick with one faction. You did really well with that. But we obviously have 10th edition coming up. Do you have any personal challenges that you're thinking about setting for yourself for the edition or maybe just for the next 6 to 12 months? Oh, I haven't. I think I've only thought to about when 10th edition drops. So um, as it is, I finished the season with Nids. Um, I've picked up Lord Eaters now. Um, admittedly, the rate I'm painting them, I'm not going to get them done until the next season anyway. So I probably won't be at a tournament for a little while. Um, but I, I had originally thought that Maybe I'll try World Eaters out for the season. I've had a few games with them, uh, practice-wise. They seem really fun to play, a lot simpler, uh, very much run forward, kill everything you can. Maybe you win, maybe you don't. Okay, doesn't require the greatest amount of thought processes involved in the game. Um, but I want to say I would stick with them with all season, but we don't know what 10th is going to bring um, in the slightest. And I like... I, I can't. I have to admit, I like to do well at events. Um, now, I very much feel World Eaters is a four-on-one army. Um, although just recently uh, it was Southampton GT, Ed took them to top court, which was absolutely fantastic. Shout out to Ed, you know, great result. Um, so clearly they're better than I gave them credit for. Um, or Ed is just a superlative general. Um, although having played him before, he <laughs> he is great. He was brilliant. Um, but I, I can't say anything up until 10th edition because we just don't know what's going to happen. We've had these rumors flying out from left, right, and center about where it's going, and it looks like the whole landscape of the game might change completely to what we are used to. And if that's the case, who knows? Everything's going to be up in the air. It's going to be the Wild West out there for the meta, and we're all going to be experimenting and seeing what's good, what's bad. Um, so I think at the moment, my personal challenge is just to get my World Eaters painted and to try and hopefully get to some events maybe 
May time onwards. Um, I very much don't see myself getting to anything anytime soon, uh, any sooner than that, simply because I have very little time at the moment, free time wise to hobby. Um, but yeah, I, who knows? It's it's exciting to see what temp brings. It is exciting, and edition change is always super hot for the event scene. We always get a big pickup in in attendance, and that is you know really a, a symptom of what you just said. Then excitement. And I think this is one of the things that everyone's really looking forward to with the new edition is even though Arcs is actually a really good season and before it, Nephilim, um or Night Commander, whichever one was the one before, was you know very balanced. One thing that we have been lacking, I think, you know, with the standardized sort of mission format that we've had, the um, obviously our terrain pack has become tailored or optimized to such a degree now that it feels a little bit old-fashioned, not old-fashioned, but well used because it's been there for the whole edition and it's so been tweaked so much that it sort of allows very optimal play decisions so i think this excitement around 10th is going to be really like a real big boon for the game um not just because people that have dropped out during 8th and 9th will be able to stop or play a play a fresh 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 edition but it also give us as tournament organizers the opportunity to like refresh our pack in a very major way and uh, we're looking forward to, to doing that. So just before we let you go, I want to talk a little bit about you know your personal relationship to the game. Having gone from, you know, we mentioned nerfing Tyrannus into the ground, but you've, you've, been, you've been at, for a, a player who's not won LVO, won the ITC, you know, you're a good player, a good strong performer, and you mentioned that you like to perform well at events. So say you take World Eaters to your next event and you go say two and three or three and two. How do you deal with like the highs and lows psychologically of forty k? Are you uh, do you set yourself like we said a personal challenge of saying I want to I want to go four and one? That's what you said you thought world eaters could do. If you go three and two and you haven't met your personal challenge, like how do you deal with that? Considering that you've gone five and zero oh multiple times. Um. Well, with it comes a little bit of a disappointment, but then you have to take a critical look at yourself and see, you know what went wrong um what did you do that you could have done better um were there play decisions at certain points and critical points in certain games that um you realize you've made bad calls um was it sometimes it's just the case that the opponent you play has just simply outplayed you at the end of the day there are you know we're not all the best players there can only be one that is the best and you know the names at events that are those kind of players that when you go into the game, you're going to try your best, you're going to try and beat them, but sometimes there are just better generals than you out there. Um, so try not to take it too hard personally. Like my um, my last event for last season, um, I think it was Leeds. Um, I went 4-1 and one with, with my Nids, um, and that was just after the Leviathan nerf. Um, and the reason I went 4-1 and one is because round five, I drew Ga- uh, David Gaylord. Um, you know, one one of the best players in the country, one of the best players in the world. Um, and it's the second time we played him now. It's the second time he's beat me. Third time lucky. I'll have him the third time. Um, mm-hmm. But going into the game, I knew I needed to play my butt off in order to win the game. Um, and I tried everything. Um, and in, didn't quite get there. And David was very kind at the end of the game um, and offered me some like feedback and crit- uh, like constructive criticism as to what I played. And I agreed with what he said. Um, there was... I should have been more aggressive. There was a few things here and there that I could have done better. Um, so that kind of thing. And I also, I like to talk. I like to talk to, like when I do lose a game, I like to talk to the opponent and 
find out their opinion on what I could have done better. Um, and then there's also just play testing and playing with the group. Now I'm, I'm very fortunate that my local group, my local meta, most of us attend the tournament scene and most of us are competitive players and we all approach the game with that kind of mindset. Um, so I've got, I've got like a couple dozen people in my like local chats that I can put ideas to, um, and bounce them back and forth and get opinions. Um, because sometimes obviously we can think something's the greatest, but we've got blinkers on, um, and we need someone to sh- like point out the mistakes and the holes in play. Um, but when it comes to going and having a bit of a miserable performance, you know, you want four and one, you get two and three. Um, I might, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I get a bit frustrated with myself at times. Uh, I tend to be my own worst critic, but you just got to let it go. And then try again at the next tournament, you know, take away from your mistakes. Don't make the same mistakes again, because if you make the same mistake twice, then it's on you. It is your fault you've lost. Um, yeah, I think that's you know a very common attitude amongst top players. You know, it's not common throughout the whole field, but anyone that is re- reliably a top performer takes their losses as learning opportunities, and yeah. they may be disappointed, but ultimately, you know, feedback is feedback, and that's what you need in order to improve. And I see this so often because I you know obviously talk to so many of the top players around the world that yeah. I can see it as, as being a very dominant trend. Um, so it's 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 great that you have that sort of support network as well, where you can bounce these ideas off people. When you come back from a loss, you know you always come back a better player, even if the performance doesn't necessarily like indicate that. You know that you've become better by that loss. So that's awesome yeah. to hear. So you said you would probably be back on the scene for, in May. May obviously is the Birmingham team tournament. Have you? I, I don't recall having seen you guys on on any of the uh, team events to date. Will you be at Birmingham this year? Uh, I'm not a Birmingham this year, no. Um, our team is sending a team, uh, but I, I'm not free for the event, unfortunately, which is a shame because that's the first time uh, Birmingham was the first time I went undefeated at a major and I would have loved to have come back. Um, but yeah, no, so uh, I'm part of a new team now for this season called Dead Red Gaming. Um, and they are they are sending a team of five to participate. And obviously I'll be supporting them, hoping, uh, rooting for them, hoping to do as well as they can. Um, but no, so I'm thinking it will be the probably the June major that I attend. Which one is it in June, Zach? So in June we have June? Bristol, and then obviously we have Leeds in August and the LGT rounds off the season in uh, September and oh. October. Um, Nathan, It'll be great to talk to you again, and hopefully if your performance last season indicates your performance going forwards, I'm sure we will talk to you next time you go undefeated at one of our events. Nathan, is there anything you'd like to say before we let you go for the day? Um, <laughs> you put me on the spot. No, I'm all right. Thank you. No, because oh, um, just thank you for having me. Um, it's been a pleasure, uh, honour to be on the podcast and be asked uh, to participate and give my opinions. <laughs> no worries. It's, I mean, it's always fantastic to hear from members of the community such as yourself. And uh, you know, I'll I'll take your parting words and I'll and I'll use them for you. I'll channel them to Games Workshop. Don't nerf world eaters, otherwise Nathan will, <laughs> Nathan will have a miserable season. So there we go. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, Nathan. And uh, you know, we'll we'll talk to you soon, sometime soon. Brilliant. Thank you for having me, Zach. Thank you for tuning in to What's Happening in 40K. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We'd also really appreciate it if you'd help us spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform and recommending us to all your gaming buddies. And, of course, don't forget to subscribe for more great content from What's Happening in 40K. 
We'll be back next time with even more news, updates, and opinions from the world of Warhammer 40,000. Until next time, thanks for listening.